0: Welcome to the Low-Key Podcast, or as we are calling it this week, the Low-Key Zone. My name is Tim Malloy. I am one of your three co-hosts. Here are the other two. Hello,
1: Aaron. Coming out of Tennessee, how are y'all today? Yeah, yeah. Keith, reporting live from um, Dallas, Texas.
0: This week we're going to talk about Jordan Peele's The Twilight Zone, a reimagining of the classic TV show. And we're also going to talk a little bit about the new trailer for The Joker, where should we start?
2: Uh, you know what? We're going to get lost in the sauce on Twilight Zone. So let's just really quickly <laughs> talk about the Joker trailer because I was fascinated by it. I just had no real expectations. Uh, and Joaquin Phoenix is apparently like that dude. Like, I just thought I wouldn't respect.
1: You know, like, look, I,
2: I I really appreciate what Jared Leto attempted to do. I think he really wasn't given a great direction. But I really love what we're seeing with with this new trailer, and i I have high expectations now. Well, not high expectations, but high hopes. I'll say.
1: Yeah, um, I think it was just so interesting that we decided to talk about the Twilight Zone, and the first episode is called The Comedian, and ah. then I don't know where this this Joker trailer drops today, and I'm like, like, damn, it's like straight synchronicity, you know? We got two two different things where uh, we have a comedian that lose their mind or something. But I don't know. I guess from Joke trailer, we don't really know if he was a comedian or not. But um, I think my initial thoughts, even when they first announced that they were making a Joker movie, was um like, why the hell would they do that? Um, I think personally, like I like to not know too much about a villain that's as iconic as that and kind of like leave certain things up to interpretation. And I don't know how I feel about an origin story, but like Aaron said People based on
2: on the dark knight version of uh like fans of the dark knight version of the Joker are you know of course want to know nothing about <laughs> exactly. the Joker because yeah. because you never know his origin story so yeah i mean i think that that's right in line with you know our more recent uh expectations
1: but yeah. but even but even when you think about like um the Joker in the comic book the the closest thing we've ever had to an origin story of the Joker is the killing joke yeah but that's or Snyder's
2: more recent run, but that's a whole nother thing.
1: Yeah, but but even with the Killing Joke, a lot of people argue whether it's canon or not. And then on top of that, it's kind of like it's very vague if that's really his true backstory because it's all told from Joker's point of view, and the whole idea is that his point of view is so so you know pretty much jacked up that we don't know what's the truth and what's not. So,
2: but see, why would you go, think this is any different?
1: i don't know Maybe maybe i don't i don't know if that's gonna be you know if it's gonna still be an ambiguous backstory to where like you still leave it up to interpretation because it's the 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 story of a madman telling his own story so i don't know I'm, i'm curious to see how it's gonna turn out but the trailer did have me um all for it though
2: yeah what did you think of it tim I like that when you do your screen-by-screen
0: screen, screen, by screen uh, breakdown, I know that everybody else goes on YouTube and pauses it just like I do, um, and you freeze on what he's writing down in that one scene where he seems okay. to be writing jokes. One of the things he says is, the worst part of having a mental illness is pretending you don't have one, which isn't really a good joke. It's just really tragic. And it definitely speaks to what Keith is talking about with him being a really unreliable narrator. So... I'm curious about whose point of view this movie is from. That sounds really interesting to me. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And, you know, Aaron and I met in an improv class, and we know that there is nothing sadder than comedy that isn't going well. And this guy is a clown by day and a comedian by night. I can't imagine a much more potentially depressing existence.
2: Yeah, man. Playing for the jokes, you know, can be really Uh, difficult. That's a really interesting segue, actually, once we get there to the Twilight Zone, because there is this you do kind of wonder why you're watching it. And I haven't done a second viewing yet, but, I mean, does he realize he's kind of psychotic? You know? Like, to... Uh, Camille Nagiani's character in, in The Twilight Zone is willing to... It's one thing to be willing to sacrifice, you know, kind of the privacy of people. But to understand you're basically doing like, you know, like a death note. But and for those who don't know, that, that's an anime reference, but... Um, when you realize that you're by referring to people in real time that you're erasing them from existence, I mean, like you're kind of crazy, but you're willing to give that up for the laughs, and and that's kind of like what that last scene's about in Twilight Zone. So it, it that's a really interesting point to, to make that connection. I, I, I didn't at first. Thanks for helping make us uh, make it for us, Keith. That was really, really interesting, actually.
1: Yeah. Oh, by the way, for all y'all, this is a spoiler. Um, review talk on on this episode of Twilight Zone.
2: Oh it's man, called... I just gave away the whole premise. There, yeah, but... <laughs> yeah, from
1: pretty much the whole, the, the whole ending. <laughs> and the, um, the episode yeah. is it, it's entitled the comedian. I, it is entitled the comedian. So um, hmm? so so I, I I guess how the premise goes is from <laughs> that this guy, this comedian, that's actually pretty trash, like. It's like.
2: not that he's trash. He wants to teach the world why he makes them laugh. He's a pretty, but Second Amendment jokes. Yeah,
1: pretty, pretty garbage <laughs> comedian. You know, he tries to do these very <laughs> lame ass political jokes, and so he gets visited by this legendary comedian, who um, who's played by Tracy Morgan, who gives him some advice, and, and then and and then into puts uh, gets bestowed some type of power onto him, to where like when he referenced someone. On stage, that person disappears from existence.
2: Now, but, and just to put a little more context, to that uh, the comedian played by Tracy Morgan is not just simply a comedian; uh, he is like considered that dude.
1: Like, yeah, he's he a is, legendary comedian.
2: Yeah, he, he's a legend in the scene. And people were like, "Well, where you been? You disappeared." Blah blah blah. And he's like, "You know, well, you know, because they say you know, they say you lost it all, and then you blah blah blah." Like, hey, well, I'm here now. And then, like, he give give me some notes, and then. He's like, hey, you know, just give him. Because the thing is, he's telling those jokes and not really landing. And he says, you know, you got to give up part of yourself, essentially. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's the first thing he Oh, the, the dog or the cat. I can't remember because the cat was named dog, whatever. Or the dog was named cat. Yeah, dog's named cat. And so he tells this joke on stage about his dog, the, the pet. I, I, yeah, the dog named cat. Mm-hmm. And then it just doesn't exist when he gets to the house. And he's like, well, that's weird. And then the next night, he goes out, he has his nephew with him, or his, what? we're not call it his nephew. I'm not going to get into the confusion of the episode. And... Um, A young I, I, child figure. Yes, yeah, probably his girlfriend's actual nephew, but whatever. It he was his on girlfriend's stage. nephew. Yeah, he goes on stage. Everybody's going through their phone, including nephew, uh, and just kind of messing around, not realizing the what's actually happening he tells a joke about the nephew nephew disappears now the nephew doesn't exist like he's going around people are like nephew what are you talking about this like you know you're looking at the picture he don't exist in pictures nobody has a memory of him even after he gets immediately off stage and he starts realizing holy snap like this is a thing and so now he's going through his list of people in his life and looking for you know, going on facebook looking you know things they've done on social media and if they have a, a you know, some kind of criminal past, for example. He's like, I'll tell a joke about them on stage. Then they'll disappear. I'll remember they existed, but no one else will. And that's kind of the whole thing that happens in the course eventually as the Twilight Zone always does. There are repercussions to the actions. And, you know, it. I think it, it ties together pretty well. But overall, what <laughs> you guys? What are your impressions of the episode? Like, do you feel like it was kind of faithful to... You know, what we saw in the original. I know there have been other remakes as well, but you know, normally want to compare it to like what was done in the original series. So, did you guys feel like it had any sort of parallel or or feeling that you have that same sort of paranoia and dread while watching it?
0: Am I crazy or was the original Twilight Zone half an hour?
2: You are not crazy. It was half an hour. And this one is an hour.
0: I kind of liked the half-hour drama format of the original Twilight Zone. It was just really ruthless and creepy, mm-hmm. um, and I felt like this one could have been a little bit tighter in places. But overall, I feel like this show was made for us. Like it's a it's a guy who directed the director Owen Harris also directed San Juan for Black Mirror mm-hmm. and another episode of Black Mirror. Um, it has Jordan Peele, who obviously we like. It had Kumail Nanjiani, who was fantastic. It just felt like they took everything that we've talked about on this show that we like and almost combined it into one thing, comedy, everything. And I don't know, it was definitely like in the wheelhouse and it would be hard for me not to like at least parts of it.
1: Yeah. Um, I also like the, the whole idea of um, how you kind of show how comedy can be extremely dark and can be terrifying in itself. Because, like, even when you see co- comedians, when they get on stage, they be talking about some dark shit the majority of the times. In most cases, some tragic stuff. Is Can you w- give
2: an example? Because, I mean, I, I agree, but, like, you know, from your perspective, like, what kind of
1: examples are you thinking of? <clears throat> shit, about, just about fucking anything. Um, like, even even like a small joke, like, um, stuff that you wouldn't normally talk about a person. Like you remember when um, Cat Williams was talking about that um, the South African runner, and he, oh, he man. called sorry I,
2: I ain't gonna lie, we almost had a Twilight moment. I was gonna get a little freaked out because I thought of Cat Williams, but I was thinking of the Tiger joke. But he,
1: was, yeah, the Tiger joke was one. But it, but I'm talking about the little Tink Tink joke. Oh, and so, <laughs> so 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 you pretty much talking about this guy that does, has no legs, but. Is a runner, and he talking about him running. And as he running, he's saying "tink, tink, 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 tink." Like that's that's some shit you wouldn't normally like make fun of no nothing like that, you know. Yeah. Well, but but you know, because it, it's tragic, he mm-hmm. don't have his legs. You know, it's stuff like that. Um, the tiger joke is another one. Um, but I think I, most comedians do, pull from something. I, I, like I do want to pause for a second
2: because that is tragic the 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 tiger thing. But for real, why do white people? like, go to, like, the ends of the barriers for, like, zoo stuff, and then, like, go inside the barrier, and then, you, <laughs> like, I just, I don't get it, like, they, they, and they, they don't be going, like, to animals that's, like, normal, like, they be going to, like, roofless carnivores and shit, like, I don't get it, it's weird.
1: I mean, why do people jump out of planes? I don't get the shit. I mean, some people just like to get a get a kick. Okay, wait, 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 <laughs> wait,
2: wait, 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 I'm not gonna compare jumping out of a plane with a parachute to, like going over a barrier where there is a, is a like a real live, like, yeah, oh, my God, there was this woman who did this recently. I can't remember what city or what animal it was, but it was biting on her. And it was kind of sad. It got to the point where people are now making fun of the woman. You know, it's like not even sympathy for this anymore. Yeah. uh I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. All right, I'm, I'm done with that. I just, I, I don't. I, don't. <laughs> I mean, I like, little bitty kids is one thing. But, like, grown-ass adults doing this. I mean, anyway. Yeah,
1: but, that's, <laughs> the, but that's where I think a lot of comedians pull their um their acts from is through tragedy. rather right? something that happened in their lives or something that happened in other people's lives. It also made me think back while we were talking about the Joker tra- trailer, that, that part where he said, I always felt that my life was a tragedy, and then I realized that it's really a comedy. Yeah. That, that's it, from the I mean, comics, too. Yeah, it's, it's really just all about the shift of perspective and how you, I guess, um, what box you put something in, you know, if you and how you present it. But
2: So, yeah, because that was one thing that stood out. And Tim, <clears throat> I, I'm sorry, uh, I definitely want you to uh, go to your point, but there was a point. It, one thing about the hour format is it does allow you to expand a little bit on some things, and it was interesting because I don't think in the, in the half hour format you could have seen his jokes go from like, all right, I'm just talking about things after my life and making this sacrifice. So also the fact like some of the things he was saying, they weren't even funny anymore. They were just cruel. But the audience was still right. laughing. Right. So we yeah. just kept going for it. I've been re-listening this week just by total coincidence to a lot of old Anthony
0: Jesselnik stuff. And I think when you pull a joke out of like the most terrible thing that you could possibly pull a joke out of, that is kind of like walking up to the tiger's cage it is kind of like how close to bombing can i get and then like pull something funny out of it it's like a magic trick and i think that's like a good comedian and what made camille's guy such a bad comedian is that he's just saying something that's just like a sensible argument like whether you agree with it or not it's like a logic based argument it's really not a joke it's just mm. let's interpret the constitution like why would anyone ever think that's funny and it kind of it's it's kind of weird like how the cruelty gets confused with comedy later on. I think it's like the audience almost knows that these people are gonna die because he's mentioned them or get expunged. Mm-hmm. And they're almost like, you know, give us more red meat.
2: Well I think, you know, in a lot of ways, this this felt like a love letter to comedians lost. Mm-hmm. Maybe not even like lives lost, but just like careers that one way or another didn't didn't pan out because like how much are you willing to sacrifice? Or not even just like like, people who were willing to walk away because it was just like, the joke wasn't worth it anymore.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, I like I feel like there was <clears throat> if you look at kind of some of the, I really hate I didn't prepare a little more for this I'm thinking about it, but um, Key and Peel near the end of their run with Comedy Central really did seem to animate some things very similar to, to Chappelle where it was like, I mean, we're making what we want to make and we're We enjoy the jokes we're making, but like, there's a point at which, like, you know, is the audience that we're reaching? Do they feel like we're just throwing them red meat? Are they
0: laughing at the wrong things? Yeah, and
2: I think that's. It's weird because most stand-up comedians, if you kind of go back and look through, uh, through history, the the further along we've gone, the more it's gotten very focused on, like, the person on stage and, and the imagined persona. I mean, like, sometimes these stories might be real, like Louis C.K., and then you can find out, oh, that was really fucking creepy, actually. <laughs> and then sometimes, you know, like, I mean, why we don't know if these stories that people are telling about themselves, their lives, the instances that occur to them are real or not. Like, I was when Dave Chappelle does a joke on killing himself, and he's like, nobody look at my face. And he's like doing a terrorist who's Asian, but he's talking like somebody who was supposed to be some Middle Eastern terrorist. Like, now that didn't happen to Dave Chappelle, obviously. Uh, But he's playing on, you know, things that, you know, relate to culture and how we think of ourselves and each other, um, you know, collectively. Uh, But those stories aren't necessarily meant to always be like personal like that. Now that should actually change for Dave Chappelle as well. Because like his most recent specials, because of his cho- his chosen path to walk away from Hollywood and that large contract, you know it has been a lot more about like his own personal decisions um, yeah and just kind of like in his small town living that's that's how he's chosen to kind of talk about it but it's not like in a disparaging way in many cases about like his about people in his life and what he knows. Oh, it's, it's interesting though, but we have seen many people who don't rely on that, like an Anthony Josnick, for example, um, or um, you know, oh my God, I'm just I'm forgetting so many, like 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 George Carlin, like uh, although you know somebody like Richard Pryor, for example, he, he was able to do a little both. I mean, he, he talked a lot about himself, he talked a lot about you know just kind of society as a whole too. I think it's it's interesting though because we do want to hear about not just your opinion, but like something that's gonna somehow allow us to laugh about something that we normally feel like we're unable to express in regular, everyday life.
0: Yeah, that's a good joke. That's a good song. It's like when you explain some complicated idea in some like really catchy, simple way and make it seem simple, there's just like such a release of tension in being able to get this really difficult, awful
2: situation resolved through like one line. I mean, it's hard to do, though. Um, and, and, but, you know, I think what was so interesting about, uh, the, I, you know, I really, in the Twilight Zone episode, I, I was kind of wondering what all those names on the wall were. So if you go back and look at the episode, um, I can't remember the name of, uh, of the characters, but so the, the one who he's in competition with, uh, the, the woman, uh, comedian, if you, yeah, so, Dee Dee, if you look, like, and I think they share that dressing room, but there's, like, a bunch of names on the wall. And I was wondering, like, damn, is she doing the same thing? Well, oh, that's interesting. Like, did she, now, the thing was, I don't think so, because she met uh, she Tracy Morgan's at character at the end. But there's a mm-hmm. shit ton of names on the wall, which made me wonder if it's not her, maybe other people.
1: Now I you know, like we can actually
2: people... in backstage for a lot of these things, they have like names of like a lot of the legends who've been there. Um, yeah, in, in different places, like it, it, uh, in New York, you have uh, like these different. Um, I got what were you them, like comedy studios or theaters or they, they they're called all like, kind of different things. Yeah.
0: Well, like I, I was not a good comedian by any stretch, but like I did. I used to do stand-up. Like, I would do stuff occasionally. I never even, like, got inside of a comedy club as nice as that one. Like, as a guest. Oh,
2: hell no. As no, an
0: no. opener. As an anything. Like, that was a, like, freakishly nice comedy club. And he's a very bad comic. So, <laughs> like, how did he get to that level? And it just... It seemed like it was definitely some kind of metaphorical, like, purgatory comedy club or something.
2: Yeah, like, especially with, with all the people on the, on the in the back. Especially, like, once he... Um, purged himself. Yeah, and he was placed onto that mural on, on the on the back wall behind um, Jordan Peele.
1: Mm-hmm. It,
0: it was a little like a test of. It, it's almost like the test of whether you're a good person or not is how many people will you sacrifice in order to save yourself.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's, that's they still that's, sacrifice like
0: thirty.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: that's that's definitely what I got from it. Like some type of purgatory feel or. That he may have already died a while ago and maybe in hell or something, because it did have. So I guess the the comedian might the legendary comedian that Tracy Morgan plays. I forget his name, but um, could possibly be Satan. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, well,
2: they do allude to it when he has the vape and like he's in, and the the vapes the vapors kind of go
1: around his face. Oh yeah, and give him like a more demonic appearance. Um, he also,
2: like, appears out of nowhere multiple times.
1: <laughs> which is which is something that Satan does in um, most cinematic, <laughs> <laughs> um, you
2: know, But it's also kind cameos. of weird because since he almost passed away, it almost has, like, this other meaning to it, you know?
1: Who almost passed away?
2: Tracy Morgan in that... Um, in oh, that you're talking about... Dude, it. I think... Yeah, I think it, was it in
1: Jersey? I forget
2: where it was, but, like, a oh, oh, Walmart truck 16 wheeler oh, you're talking
1: about you talking about in real life In
2: yeah, real real oh, yeah, life yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I know. um but it does add this
0: like added mm-hmm, dimension mm-hmm. to everything that he does it just makes it that much deeper and kind of like adds some
2: tragedy to it, it does. yeah like do you want to sacrifice everything like it's interesting to have him be the person play that character you know yeah. yeah that was
0: great i mean the casting all around was
1: fantastic
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah yeah i mean i really like
1: i don't know how um how I feel about it as a Twilight Zone episode, because I'm definitely with Tim on the, the how I enjoy it. I remember when I was younger enjoying the 30-minute episodes and being pretty, like, weirded out about it. But I, I, I feel like I remember seeing, like, there would be, like, one episode for 30 minutes, then there would be another episode for 30 minutes. Well, that's just one. because
2: yeah. there were so many of
1: them. Yeah, the maybe I that's, that's up what up it up. is. I was watching it back-to-back in syndication. But um, I I use a, I like that a lot more than just an hour long episode. And it some, sometimes I'm I'm honestly tired of watching these long ass episodes and stuff. <laughs> like yeah, like I just
0: when, I just googled it and apparently for the fourth season of the Twilight Zone they did hour long episodes and then they went back to doing half hour episodes again. Oh no! Yeah,
2: because I feel like I do remember some of them being longer. But you know, I'm, I'm glad you looked it up
1: because I kind of was kind of like, was Am I kinda like that? um, as a kid I remember like. For smaller kids, like Goosebumps and Are You Afraid of the Dark was like our Twilight Zone, and <laughs> and that's how long they were like. I don't hey, even think that man, episode was number. 15 if you go back and look at those, they're creepy as hell. They still creepy. <laughs> I got. I was watching. Um, uh, I think I watched Are You Afraid of the Dark like a few weeks ago. I'm like, how in the hell did I watch this? Like, how was this on for children?
2: Seems like it was meant for kids, but not. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. We, the nineties were, were crazy in the fact that they even let us see some of that stuff.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, I mean it was crazy. And um and, and I, I think I think with this one so I guess for me it was kinda hard for me to watch the episode and not compare it to something like Black Mirror, which I think has a more modern take on these type of creepy, um, supernatural type of stories. Or more about so,
2: modern can you explain what you I, I mean guess, by that? I
1: guess because I guess what to me, with Black Mirror, I guess it's more like sci-fi type of horror, whereas this, with the Twilight Zone, of course, it's more like supernatural. Um, don't really give you too much of an explanation of what's going on, type of deal. And then there were certain things that were just I was having issues with connecting with, like like just like what we were saying in the comedy club when they were laughing, I'm like, the shit's not funny. But is that the point? Like, uh, is he not in like a real existence at this time? Like,
2: but I think, I, I think part of it was. So there was some interesting thing ha- happened. Interesting things happening. I think one of the things that I found kind of hilarious is it finds its way to kind of keep repeating to you how stupid the Second Amendment is, or like the the idea that we don't want to regulate the Second Amendment. Because he keeps telling that joke at least the start of it over and over. Even like he he tries to. It's almost like somebody trying to start a lawnmower. Like he just does it every time to start for some reason, knowing it won't land. Um, that was something that made it feel like something that was kind of outside of a normal space. Um, yeah. But like you said, at some point, the cruelty is almost the point from his perspective. But, but it, because it, the thing is, the, the joke is not the point. And I think for some comedians, I think that's, I think that's kind of what they're getting at. Is like, all right, so it, are the jokes funny, or is it like the the some particular rooted grimy part of what I'm saying? What you're getting from it,
1: but like, I mean, it like it, it was. I guess the thing is that it was some stuff he was saying that wasn't even cruel. It was just, but people were laughing. Like it was just, uh-huh. me. and I, I I don't know if it's because like what we were saying earlier, because the audience knows that once you start going in on someone that you're going to eventually make it to where they don't exist anymore. So they already laughing about it.
2: Well, I think it's because, because you're giving yourself up. Like the what, what Tracy Morgan's character was saying is <clears> the audience <throat> just wants you. They want chunks of you. And the thing right. is he couldn't even cut. Like, remember like he would tell, like, remember he came up with the dog thing. And then he tried it again when he went back on stage and people didn't laugh. They needed a new Need chunk something of something new. yeah so it's, mm-hmm. it's, the point isn't even that it's funny, not funny, but it has to be new. It has to be like new pieces of flesh mm-hmm. each time
1: mm-hmm.
0: it, It's funny too because with any other comedian you're like, oh Chappelle has that great joke about blank and you can like say generally what the joke was and that's like one of his calling cards. But with this guy, anything he jokes about that's successful disappears from everybody's mind. So he has no calling cards. So why is he oh, so well regarded? Oh,
2: maybe that's what it is. I hadn't even thought of it. Maybe. Yeah, yeah it's, like it, it's like, like it becomes it. null and void. <clears throat> like it, whatever magic spaces is in, it, it, it like it's canceled out. Like you can't even Because every time it. he get
1: back on the stage, it's like it's his first time on stage again.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know? Yeah. Because you, you got to think like, like a comedian that people love. Before they even say shit, people laughing like they they get on. You know what I'm saying? But he he wasn't getting that type of reception.
2: Well, you know, and there's something else I've heard comedians talk about on podcasts before. Where they're like, you know, you used to be able to like write an hour, <laughs> and you could do that hour for like a year or more. Yeah. Because people like if you were like decently well known, I mean, it's not like people going around telling your joke over and over. Mm-hmm. But now, like, you just got YouTube and shit if you told a good joke, that joke got shared a bunch of times. So you got to write new shit every single time. Exactly. So it, it's been worn out before you even get to do it. So like that that's why you see a lot of people like go to these smaller clubs and test out stuff and they prefer people don't record. I mean, obviously, you know, you can always stop that, but like they, they go to real small places and then they go to a bigger venue. But like it's to avoid that idea that like you tell the joke, the joke got out and then you you're like, oh, this is some of my good material. People are like, oh, man, I heard that joke, you know, a bunch of times already. It's been trending. Give me something new.
1: Exactly.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I, th- I also feel like the Second Amendment joke is his attempt to kind of have it the best of both worlds, where he's like, I'm that comedian who's going to mm. change people's hearts. Like, by winning them over with the sheer logic and goodness of my jokes, I will get laughs and also make the world a better place which is like, <laughs> that's the dream. It felt really like <laughs> the, the way that like Twitter feels kind of impotent where people are like, if you just tweet enough outrage about President Trump, like people will finally see things your way and they'll yeah. rise up and do something. And it's like, like everybody who's following you already follows you. They already agree with you. Exactly. Is, yep. is this actually like mobilizing people or is this just like preaching to the converted?
2: Yeah, you're yeah. just like shouting into the void at some point.
1: Yeah, that's pretty much all it is.
2: Yeah, because the thing that actually—that—that's a great point. Um, because I, I look, and you know, you and I, again, we were not obviously we're we're not uh, on stage or selling out stadiums right now. Uh, but we were around people in New York who did a decent amount of comedy, and like, there is this sense yep. that in general they do want to impact the world in a positive way, and they want their viewpoint not to just like give people reason to smile, but also give them something to walk away with, it's thoughtful. But those things are not really in concert most of the time. You know? Yeah. And so th- there's always this push and pull about how that functions. And the thing is, if the, but at the same time, if you notice he kept saying like, when he's talking to Tracy Morgan, like, do you want it all? Do you want it all? And he's like, yeah, more than anything. But you can't have both.
0: Almost anyone you know who like succeeds in comedy, at some point they say something that you would not be comfortable saying on stage. Like, they're able to pull it off because they're willing to go further and, like, get closer to the tiger and take a bigger risk. And, you know, they're a good person. Like, they're not by any means, like, out to hurt people's feelings or anything like that. But they're just willing to take that risk that, you know, you or I are probably not willing to take. Because, like, what if this gets misinterpreted? What if, you know, I end up offending someone, whatever? And it feels like he's kind of playing with that concept, too.
2: It's it's really multi-layered and I appreciated a lot of it um you know, I feel like it, it really did do a lot very well in in the particular uh now again people aren't disappearing but I do think there are definitely instances of comedians in the past using their own history to do some stuff and then really impacting relationships for the worse um outside of their careers you know um, I mean, we've seen, yeah, it, and 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 I thought that was really cool. Now, obviously, like for example, when he did the thing about the professor who he thought was hitting on on his his girl, um, you know, it's it's like, oh, wait a minute, if if he's not around, then she, oh, she's not a lawyer, oh, and then the thing is, she kept saying, "You're," because t- the thing is, outside the context of his power or, or whatever. Hell, you want to call it? She's like, you're you're selfish. You're really selfish. You're not even thinking about other people, and you just see us as. And then you know, you see us as material. Or he says he sees people material. One way or another, they they get in there. This thing that you hear comedians say sometimes too, or like they go out and they interact with people partially so they can have stories. But then it's like oh, yeah. some people hate hanging around comedians because they like now you're just making me material. Yeah. You know. So they 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 threw all the stuff in there. That, that you, you kind of see from, uh, you know, people, you know, who are in those circles. So I, I just thought that was, you know, really well put. I think some people who are familiar with those things might um, see them as, as, you know, not... It, it's trite in some way or, or not... Uh, I don't know, like the people... when I've, I've read a little bit of criticism of, of the show before I got here. And I just feel like it's kind of... Uh, I don't know like the, the way that they see everything related to Twilight Zone it needs to be high art and always magnificently done on the spectrum they expect mm-hmm. and it needs to resonate with them in a very particular kind of way and I feel like I mean it works on many different levels and I don't think it always has to be in a particular you know paradigm or, or shot a certain way I mean I think it really works for what it does and I, I hope that people continue to get the show a shot. Although one thing that's super interesting is, you know this shit was, was on CBS All Access and not on network television because of all the vaginas they kept talking about. And, <laughs> people, and, and so many non-white people. And CBS, hey, I mean, CBS does a lot of great work that includes minorities, too. But, I mean, typically, that's not the kind of... Uh, minorities and, and, and people of different sexualities, all this stuff, but, like, not not all in one episode or something. Like, that was uh, that was something else. I'm, I hope they continue to give them that sort of freedom to just do stuff. But, you know, I hope that this is something to give people a chance to kind of slide into CBS All Access and just kind of see what else is there. I don't, I don't know what other content they have uh, that's exclusive to the Twilight Zone, but I think this is a good start. Uh,
1: well, you know.
2: You got to watch the good fight. Good fight's great.
1: And um, Star Trek is on there too, I think, right?
2: But, although, but those appear on um, on TV, right? No. Nah. Oh, no. Yes. Oh, I thought
1: they did. Yeah, Star Trek is just on. Um, ain't that CBS Network, Star Trek? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. That's on yeah. Uh-huh. The yeah, there's show. like four different Star Trek
0: projects for CBS All Access. And then the good fight is for like the diehard Good Wife fans who will pay anything mm-hmm. to watch it. That's the reason I have CBS All Access is my mom and I, please don't come get us CBS All Access, needed to watch the good fight. And so she signed us up. Um. Yeah, <laughs> but they're doing they're doing really smart stuff. Yeah, that's. What did I didn't
2: realize it. Okay. Yeah.
0: Well, it's like they've got the built in audience of people who will like. I must see this show. Right. Like, there's people like mm-hmm. I. I will wherever you put Jordan Peele's Twilight Zone, I will follow it there.
2: Mm-hmm. So
0: like they and Star Trek fans are like, I am following it wherever you're putting it. I will pay five bucks. I will pay ten bucks. Tell me what I need to do. Don't hurt my family.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that what was did really you think smart of, to put it on YouTube.
0: Oh, great move! Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What did you think about? And this could be like a whole another conversation. But what did you think about Jordan Peele saying that he doesn't want to hire like white males as his leads anymore? Um, I mean, not not, not himself time. anymore, but but he's like, but he's like, I don't see any need to do that. Like I've I've earned the right to cast who I want to cast.
2: I mean, white directors do it all the time i I just i don't really see why it's like this huge thing for some people like i mean I, i think people can put up who they want to put up and um i mean when people get to make the choices they get to make we see what happens there aren't many roles for people who are not white like it's not it's not something to freak out about people can choose who they want to choose but i don't think that um, what Jordan Pill is saying should be considered like some kind of blasphemous thing because, in general, when you let the market kind of run itself, as we've seen, uh, the the results kind of speak for themselves, you know?
1: Yeah, and I think that could have just went without saying, really. Like,
2: But, see, he, <laughs> he, 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 he poking the dog,
1: man. Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying, like, he's, <laughs> he's poking the dog because, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, like, I would probably do the same thing for the most part because you, you cast, like, you know, who you know. Now, I think it just depends on what type of project you're working on. If there was a particular reason to make a character white, then you make the character white or, you know, Asian or whatever. But for the most part, you know, I, I don't see nothing wrong with, you know, you um, bringing people who of color more so to play your main characters if that's what you want to do.
2: Now us would be a totally different movie if you reverse the races of the families involved. Not well, I'm gonna say totally different. It would be a different movie though.
1: You know what I like about
0: us? We actually talked saw it again last week, and one thing about it is because there's a white family there, it sort of deflects against any kind of like narrow reading of the movie. Like you could make uh-huh. this movie about like, well, if you were like this movie is about this particular black family. What does this say about the African-American experience? But by having like the Tim Heidecker, Elizabeth Moss family there too, it's like, no, 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 no. This is a universal story. Yeah. Like you don't get to like dismiss this as like, oh, it's a black movie. No. Like this is a movie about everybody. So you can't kind of as a viewer go, oh, this is not for me. This is about some, something that I don't understand. You kind of have no, pass from engaging with it like whoever you are like because there's because there's like a white family there too I think it kind of takes race out of it in a way there's a way to do a racial read of us I mean there's many ways to do a racial read of us but it sort of encourages you not to do that it kind of encourages you to do more of a universal read of us
1: Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. I didn't even think about that. That's that's actually that's interesting. Yeah, I think about it,
1: that too. I think it more is focused on like us as a society, American society, more than than race overall. Just like this guy at church, he was like he was just talking about the movie and he was telling people and he was like, Yeah, so the movie is pretty much about slavery. And I was like I, I mean said, you can read it that so way. I said, but, Damn, so know. that's that's literally all you got from the movie?
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's kind of some other stuff happening. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. actually, I'm, I'm really glad yeah. you guys brought this up, too, because one thing that was actually really cool about the way they chose to cast the comedian, it, well, in this case, the Twilight episode, the comedian, Camille Najiani, like, so, you, you really could have, you know, there's some things you could mess around with the dialogue, you know, you can't just have, like, a, a man randomly saying vagina a whole bunch, but... You know, you can switch genders and race in a lot of different places here and it would function in a similar way. But I do think there's something really interesting about just this is going to sound weird, but like just being able to cast people of, of Camille Nagiani's background without it seeming like a thing. And then having a woman who is his girlfriend, who's the same background. And it's like not something that's like focused on or anything like that. It's just like they're just there. They're people. It's not like super focused on. It's just present. And normal and whatever. And that's how you want it to be. And I think that's what Jordan Peele was speaking to. Like, there's a point at which we want it to just feel natural and it won't even be something you notice anymore.
1: Well, that was one thing that did stand out, like racial wise, was uh-huh. when um the comedian, the black comedian, was a D D D. When yes. she she had mentioned she had mentioned his girlfriend, he said, Oh yeah, the, she was like the cute little Indian girl. uh uh-huh. hmm I don't know, this is weird to me. That's like what's, what's that's like that's what's like also, if I'm talking she, to a, a white woman and she said, Oh yeah, you got the, the girlfriend, the cute little black girl I'd be like, the fuck?
2: See Keith ain't so he don't he don't that's how people be talking. Yeah, know. <laughs> yeah, but you, I'm
1: just saying if you talk to me like that, then I'm gonna have a it's gonna be it's it's just weird to me. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm me, gonna, me, I'm gonna ask you a, like why did you say that? Like I'm, but like that sounds like now if he was white and she said that to him, then it would be kind of like uh, it still be weird. But you know it kind of makes sense. But he's a. But an see, Indian you got to
2: remember, like she she's saying it partially because you know she's like I, you know, because remember she she um, likes people of the same gender, so she's like, hey, you know, you mess up, I might I might get down on
1: that. Just no, in, in, just, in context of when she said that though, she wasn't saying it like that. But I, I, I think when we go back and you see her kind of look at the girl when she walks off, then yeah, it makes sense. It's but when a, she first said it, it didn't it didn't fit. It was like why I, was she just up and just it, say it, it like that? It's somebody
2: who's been in and knows establishments plenty and uh, around uh, different sorts of communities, that's what was being intimated when she said it. To me. That's how I read it. In the moment. I just
0: I just thought she has
2: no filter. Like is that
0: like, in normal conversation, I don't know, at least as, like, a white person, I, like, go out of my way to not go, like, you know, like, who's, who? wait, Mike's over by the fridge. Who's Mike? Mike's, uh, Mike's the tall guy. The black guy? Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he yeah, was, you, let, also you let somebody guy. else yep. use <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> but, like, person. yeah, so it's, like, she just doesn't do that. She's just, like, like, oh, yeah, the Indian girl.
2: Well, yeah, she, that, that's just her personality. Also, that, some but, people are just I, don't, really,
1: I don't know if I'm like, explaining what I'm saying. That's just, that's kind of different, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, you explain, if you describe somebody based off their ethnicity, I can understand it. But she was saying yeah. to him almost as if he was not Indian himself.
2: Yeah, but, like, why would you use the adjective cute if you just simply mean that... She could have just... Cause it was said, nobody else. she
1: said, oh, that cute girl.
2: There was no other person like that in the building at the time. So like she could have just simply left off the cute and you would have gotten the same person. Look, we, we like going way too deep into like a <laughs> kind of dialogue. But I'm just saying. No, like, I, I was dialogue.
1: I was just mentioning that was the thing back what you were try, what you were saying as far as like how race not really being brought up too much in it, but that you know, in that case it was it just it just threw me off a little bit.
2: I just like, read it like, you screwing up on stage. Don't screw this up or I'm taking that too. I don't...
1: <laughs> did she say she was taking it? I thought she was just
2: mentioning She, it. she... I, I'm like, I just... Look, I, that's what was intimated when I'm I just saying, I, like, when I if, heard the dialogue. Look, look, that, I'm just saying that was my interpretation. I'm, I'm not saying I'm saying right. like, if somebody
1: I'm, walk up to me, I'm black, and they said something about my cute Indian girl, girlfriend, I wouldn't think twice about it. But if they said something to me about my cute black girlfriend, it sounds weird to me. Like... Why are you mentioning that she's black? It seems you you get what I'm saying. Like I'm black also. That just seems like a weird thing to walk up and say to a person.
2: Again, I, because I I just feel like people that talk like weird. that to each other. You get what
1: I'm saying? Like it's kind of weird. That is weird. That's how no, like,
2: if you were like,
1: "How's
0: your white wife doing?" I'd be like, uh, "Good." You get what I'm saying? She
1: like fine? it's just it's weird. Yeah. But like if she's black, I, I can, if she's black, then you can kind of say like, oh, "Oh, that's a joke." But
2: when, well, I, I'm, I I wouldn't call it abrasive. I just feel like she's that person who speaks with no filter and just kind of like, kind of deal with it. And like we, and it, she's very familiar with him already. Like this isn't, and, and they are they're a little adversarial at that point too. Like she's she's kind of just ribbing him yeah. too.
1: Like I don't know. There, there's a lot. But I'm comedians. assuming that's what comedians do. <laughs> they, just...
2: they say way worse shit to each other than that. <laughs> they so really... like,
1: I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like I, eh. and, I
2: love it, their dynamic. Yeah, and it's very competitive with them, and you know, and yeah. and it is with with people in, in that scene too. They're all fighting for a spot. Like, man, you would have been tripping off. Like, every time SNL like does like a, uh, I don't know what they even call it now, because I've been out of it for a bit or around those people. But like, so when they're looking for a new cast member, man, oh yeah, dude, you are, <laughs> people are so fucking competitive, and, and they should.
0: audition season.
2: Yeah, season in New York. Yeah. Gosh, it is a trip. Like, you can just go, like, to all of the, like, the clubs, like, around, like, you know, uh, lower Manhattan. Like, uh, Tim and I, we used to go to Pitt quite a bit off East 20 – was East 23rd, East 24th, something like that? And Yeah, uh,
0: down there.
2: Yeah, and, like, you know, you'd see all kind of people, like, really just trying to gear up. And, like, and then they go to other spots because they felt like maybe, you know, they'd be more likely to see people like Lauren Michaels at different clubs. But, like, they – they really worked the material over and over in different ways, and they were very competitive about it, and they ripped each other in all kind of ways that, you know, yeah, it may seem weird, but they talk to each other in ways other people don't talk to each other. You know, it's
1: kind of yeah. weird. It seemed pretty fun. It, 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 just it, seemed, it just seemed like how everybody in Memphis talked to each other, so I would. It, yeah. Because, <laughs> like, when yeah, I we, try to do that with people up here, they really get offended. Like you yeah, cannot, you, you can't talk to
2: people. You cannot and, check when people. you in Memphis. You can you can say shit and play the dozens and joke on people in yeah, ways that just you
1: can't do that anywhere else. It seems
2: <laughs> no, it's not. It's not cool at all. So yeah, anyway, cool. uh, I, I think we should go ahead and wrap it up, uh, man. We have had quite a conversation. I'm really really happy to see like where things have gone with Twilight Zone. I'm, I'm really encouraged about where it's going to go in the future. The one thing that's actually really cool is I think what you were speaking to, Keith, about it being you know, a little less sci-fi. I, based on the trailer that they had after the episode aired, I think we're going to get a lot more of that. There's yeah, a I, lot I, of I, space I, stuff I'm, and clones and all kind of shit.
1: Yeah, it looked like they got that, um, man, what's that woman? She's beautiful with the eyes. The one from um, She Got to Have It. He ain't get
2: me in trouble, but yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyway,
1: yeah, she she fine is all here, and then um, Shanae Lathan is on the episode too. I'm
2: not Man. speaking on her, but she is great. <laughs> yeah, stop right there,
1: but at least on it. my end. Um, let's let's know, stop right here. Um, so, so
2: any any thoughts
0: as we close up uh, the episode? I, I was conveniently pulled away to uh, be handed some documents during that entire conversation. <laughs>
1: Why do I sound like a Watergate scandal over Here,
0: there? Here's the sound of the documents, honey. Oh, we believe you. <laughs> in case the missus is listening in.
2: Um, yeah. <laughs> Actual documents.
1: Actual
2: documents.
1: Uh, yeah. I'm really excited.
0: I know. I was super excited that Twilight Zone is back. I really, really like it. Um, even when I don't like an episode, I like the format of it so much. It's just, it's such a creepy, cool show, and I'm just really glad it's back on TV, and I'm glad it's in the hands that it's in.
2: I'm back on streaming.
1: Okay, yeah.
2: Or cast um, your TV?
1: But yeah, it was a pretty, pretty, pretty cool thing to go over. So, um... If you guys want to hear some more of us, you can check us out. Me and Aaron out of Meanwhile in the Multiverse. You can also check out um, Tim's podcast with his lovely wife. Um, Shoot this now.
0: Uh, I don't know if I deserve that this week because we haven't made an episode in like two weeks. So we will come back. Please right. go back and listen to the past low-key episodes. <laughs> low-key, we've been, we've been working harder lately and...
2: <laughs> deserve the link more. It, hey, still I was gonna say, reason. man, if you need some stories, I got stories for you now. I mean, uh, yeah. I'm here whenever you need me. If y'all need topics, I don't know if, if you know that's what's slowing you down. I got them. We're gonna need to do a crossover episode. Okay, all right, we'll make it happen. Perfect. Yeah. Well, look, uh, thank you for making it this far. If you've gotten this far, you really enjoyed yourself. You're almost 50 minutes in. Make sure you click the subscribe button. Make sure you give us a five star review and tell at least one friend about what you heard here. We appreciate all of the traffic we can get, all the uh, word y'all can get out to us, and uh, the feedback we've received so far. So, uh, hey, we'll see y'all on the next one.
1: i see you. Peace.